Welcome everybody to Out of the Rough with Lenny and Sean today doing a open preview as we got the open coming up here at Royal St. George's Golf Club over in England. Um, the course is going to be a uh, traditional link style course this coming week. Um, not super long, 71, 7,200 yards. Uh, Last hosted the Open back in 2011 where Darren Clark won. Uh, saw some good finishes by Phil Mickelson, DJ, some guys who are going to be in the field this year. It's uh, not a super demanding golf course. However, low scores are going to be tough to find. And you'll see a lot of just, you know, the traditional kind of Undulating fairways and greens, you got to be hitting the ball in the right spot. This course isn't going to be a lot of bailout areas. Uh, most of the bailout areas end up just running into pot bunkers, which are going to leave you difficult chip shots into the green. And, you know, we have a lot of pot bunkers that are going to be in landing zones, so being accurate off the tee. And, uh, it's going to kind of be a little bit of a premium this week. Um, because if you get into a pot bunker, you know, can almost, you know, chalk up a bogey on some of these holes. Some of these pot bunkers are pretty deep. Um, but, yeah, do you have anything? Sorry, actually. Hi, right, Sean, do you have anything to add? I'm doing great, by the way. Thanks for asking <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I kind of just <laughs> jumped right into things. No, but I can tell how excited you are about the Open, which makes me excited about it. So I'm, I'm good. And I, I just... You know, I think it's always it's always interesting when you can see the golf courses on the other side of of things. You know, we we see, you know, Aaron Hills or some of the other link style courses like Whistling Straits and and, and in the in the states as. But you never get to really see these types of courses and the true like link style English, British, Scottish, you know, all that stuff. Um, it, you know, the the fairways here I think are going to be very interesting. Like you said, the the pot bunkers that roll into everything, but also the fairways. I don't think that there's really any flat spots on there. They're all like rolling hills. So um, getting a good lie and, and trying to make that approach, that's going to be good, interesting. And also the wind and seeing how that will play. Um, but I, I wonder too, and not that it's anything that I think is like a really big deal, but I wonder if there's any difference between playing a course like this for these guys versus playing a course like an Oak Hill or one that's kind of more tree ridden. So when you're on that hole and you're playing that one, I know you can hear the crowds when someone makes a, makes a shot or does something, but this one, because there are no trees and it is pretty flatted, you know, you can kind of see what other people are doing real while you're golfing. So I wonder if that's going to make any difference to these guys, but I know they're pretty mentally tough, um, but I'll be, I, I just, I'm excited for it. You know, it's another big major and uh, normally you see some good international guys play here because of the the types of courses that they grew up on. So It'll be good to good to talk about and good to watch, and I'm excited about it, as you are. <laughs> yeah, that is a a great point that I need to think about. Just you know, at the kind of the openness of this, and you know, hearing the different crowds, kind of the acoustics might be different. You can kind of see the see the course a little bit different. And some of these tee boxes are kind of elevated. We do have some elevated greens. Uh, right on the water, though. So if that wind picks up, the weather gets nasty. This will be a very difficult challenge for some guys. Um, and we saw, you know, back when the 
Open was last year, back in 2011. Darren Clark shot a five under. We had DJ and Phil tied for second at two under. And Thomas Bjorn at one under. And they were the only four guys that finished under par for the week. So low scoring isn't going to be um, easy to come by here. And, you know, just kind of looking at really that, I don't know, the, the list of names from last time we were here, it's kind of a mix of all sorts of different types of golfers. You know, like I mentioned, those guys there, there's, you know, row with three Americans tied at T5, Chad Campbell, Anthony Kim, Ricky Fowler. And I mean, yeah, Rafael, Jacqueline, Sergio, Simon Dyson, Davis Love. And I know a lot of these guys aren't playing this week. But, I mean, you have, you know, it's kind of, you know, Phil and DJ, some of your bombers. Ricky necessarily isn't long, but you know, great up and down game, great around the greens. Sergio, just a ball striker. So it's kind of a mix of skills that are all up here at the top. Just going to make for an interesting week. It will definitely be a tough challenge. I think, though, accuracy is going to be a little bit of a key. Um, and just ball striking in general, being able to accurately gauge the wind, um, gauge your yardages, get up and down out of these pop bunkers. you have anything else you want to add, Sean? No. Mm-mm. I'm All good. Right. Let's move into to our uh, DFS kind of plays here and look at you know, just overview what the field's looking like, what the pricing is. Starting at the top, we have John Rahm at 11.3, Rory at 10.9, Brooks at 10.7, DJ 10.4, Xander at 10,000. Um, so five guys above the 10,000 range, John Rahm being only one above 11. And I'll just go ahead and start us off here, Sean. I mean... <laughs> You know, I said at the, the U.S. Open with John Rahm being at the, the highest priced one, I think he was at 11.4. You know, like, I wasn't a super big fan of how expensive he was. But, I mean, right now, I don't know how I'm not playing John Rahm. You know, Memorial, he was dominant until uh, he had to withdraw the U.S. Open. You know, kind of just did what John Rahm seems to do in a lot of majors. Keeps himself around until Sunday. And then just this time, he was able to to have some great birdies on 17 and 18 while the rest of the field faltered. And always seems to backdoor himself into a top five. Well, this time he kind of backdoored himself into a win. Okay, but he's always there into the, in the top 10 on Sunday. And right now he's leading the Scottish Open here on Friday. I mean, I have no reason not to play John Rahm, I think, at this point. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you took the advantage to jump on him first, uh, seeing that he was at the top. But I agree with you. I mean, I don't think that there's anybody else that's playing better golf. I think, you know, you could say that, you know, uh, Dustin Johnson had a run a few years ago that was pretty impressive. Um, but the run that John Rahm's doing, I think this year, if he had won the Memorial, which he should, even they should put it in an asterisk by whoever did win. Um, but if he won that, then the U.S. Open, and now, like you said, the Scottish is is in his favor, and and he's just moving through people. I, I mean, he's just playing great golf. So I think he's he's easily looked at as the favorite at almost any tournament that he's in. Um, and like you said, any any speculation of 
should I have played him or not? You should, because he's got nine top tens and he's missed one cut this year. Um, so yeah. I think I think there's a lot of people that obviously you're going to be picking him. Um, but if you pick a winner, it's a good thing to pick. So um, I think he's, he's a very easy one to start your lineup with. But I do think that there's some other guys down here, too, that obviously, you know, the next two in line, Rory uh, at 10-9 and Brooks at 10-7, those are very enticing to me. I think just as like a, an individual fan of, of liking both of those guys, I think Rory, you know, he, he's a hit or miss guy, but it's, it's the British Open, so he's kind of back home and he's feeling a little good. Uh, so he could be an interesting one and is always Rory. I mean, it's a major, so Brooks is always up in contention for it. And I think, you know, it, it, I don't know if there's any health concerns now or not just based off of how he played at the U.S. Open. I mean, he took a t- I think he was a top what, five in the u.s open um yeah might have been uh, right around there i can't remember the exact but yeah he was but in the top th- 10 for sure with with his injuries before at the masters you could obviously see the difference of the guy that we knew before and and that, that brooks so i don't think you're going to see the injured one or have any concerns anymore about brooks so i, I mean those top three guys even i mean shoffley too I, I hinder on Dustin Johnson only because I think, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot from him this year. He's Dustin Johnson. He can hit the ball far. So obviously, you know, some of these pop bunkers that are in the middle of the fairway, he's just going to fly by them and not have any question to them. So he might have an advantage to some of the, the other golfers just based off of his distance. Um, but I just, for some reason, I don't get a good feeling from him because of how some of the some of the difference of, you know, where his name's been on the leaderboard. But I think Shoffley is, a, is an interesting pick, too, because of how well he plays in majors. And, and he's, he's basically like a top five or top ten in all of them the last time I've looked. So I think, I think it's a really interesting top field. Um, but I know you just highlighted John Rum, so I don't want to jump through everybody else without giving you a chance. Yeah, that's all good. Rory does cause me a little concern. We're going to have back-to-back weeks where I don't want to say he struggled, but he hasn't looked great. And, you know, at the Irish Open and now this week at the Scottish Open, looks like he's going to miss the cut. And, you know, so that worries me a little bit. The, the approach game at the Irish Open wasn't great. He wasn't great off the tee, and his putting was probably kind of what really anchored him kept him from really moving up the leaderboard but just all around his game just there wasn't anything good coming from it he was just so so almost like an average tour player out there which is fine but that's not what we expect from Rory and now this week as we're talking he's in line to miss the cut at the Scottish Open it has a little cause for concern for me and I know we've said this earlier this year where he's had, you know, a few kind of bumpy starts and then goes out, finishes T7 at the Open, U.S. Open, you know, and then he goes out, wins the Wells Fargo after missing a cut. So I don't know. It could be a you know, maybe a contrarian play depending on how the lineups are being built. Brooks, I think, is a really good play. I kind of just on Brooks now and majors for the rest of life. Um, <laughs> I, I play him in non-majors. He misses cuts. He finishes 50th. 
I don't play him in the majors, and then we just see him rack up top five finishes. So I feel like he's someone who I am definitely going to have to consider. And he's not just, you know, an American Parkland or Woodland-style golfer. Like, he's had good finishes in the Open as well. Um, DJ, I don't know. The, The game is a little concerning. I think if you just look at, you know, Rom, Kepka, Shalfway, they all are playing better golf than DJ, I think, at the moment. I think I'd rather play them. However, like I said, DJ finished tied for second uh, at this course last time it was played here. So how does kind of the course history play into effect a little bit? Um, I don't think there's been any major renovation since 2011, so it'll be very similar. And we know DJ can play, you know, get back to that form. We've seen it before where he's kind of had a poor run and then, what do you know, he, he runs off and wins, you know, two out of the next 10 tournaments or three out of the next 12, whatever it may be, where he can get super hot like he did last year um, and just rack up the wins. Um, and then, like you said, Xander, just a all-around game is so good. You know, he doesn't have any weak points in his golf game, which always is going to lead to great finishes in major tournaments. Um, you know, because they really test your all-around game. And though Xander doesn't have a win, uh, he's just always there, top tens. Uh, except for, what was it, the PGA Championship this year, he missed the cut. But I think outside of that, he's been top ten in all the others. Uh, maybe we see another kind of first-time major winner in Xander this week, like we saw with Ron. But really, for me, I think even though Ron's a top guy and I try to avoid playing the top guys, I think in the 10K and up range, he's probably kind of the, the dog I'm picking here. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go look at this 9K range. Some, uh, I think some interesting names. Uh, a lot of different kind of takes you could have on some of these guys. Start off, we have Bryson at 9-9, Jordan Spieth 9-7, JT 9-6, Louis 9-3, Morikawa 9-2, Hovland 9-1, Hatton 9,000. What are you thinking, Sean? Sorry, I just took a drink of my drink. It was a bad option to do that at the time. Um, but I think, you know, obviously it's a major, so these guys, it's funny to say that they're the second tier range if you look at that in, in, in terms of our tiers um, but they're obviously very very high level players I think Justin Thomas is an interesting one I think yesterday you know you saw that big 90 foot putt for Eagle I believe it was um, yep. so it's a good sign that he's putting well on these types of greens uh, could be a good a good omen for next week if he's at the at the at the open doing the same thing Obviously, he can show up in big places, and I don't. Does he have a major under his belt? I don't know if he does. Yeah, he won um, the PGA Championship. Oh, okay. So there, there's my history for you. Uh, but it would be nice for him to, to obviously add any sort of other major to it. I think Jordan Spieth is a similar guy. I think you can never really count him out of, of those tournaments, especially based on how he's been playing this year. You know, I, a couple of years ago, into leading up into this year, you kind of write him off for being this high, or maybe. Um, question why isn't like you know it's just Jordan's name that's that's taken him up there, um, but I really do think that his golf game is great, and I think that he's one of those guys that 
if if he does get in trouble, he can scramble around and find that Jordan magic again. And, and I, I think it's there. And as long as his putter is hot, which it's normally good, um, I, I think, you know, Justin and Jordan are both really good picks. Um, it's against me to say anything great against about Bryson. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, but I think he might be coming off of a little bit of a high from the uh, Aaron Rodgers and his victory over uh, the two goats of Lefty and, and uh, Tom. Um, but I think he, he's kind of the similar guy of the same descriptions of what I was saying about Dustin Johnson. I mean, you look at the U.S. Open and you, he was playing very well. You had up until the eighth hole, I think, or ninth hole, he was had a lead or tied for the lead. So you can't write him out and he hits the ball very far. Um, but I think, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on with the caddy and with the match and all that, you just don't know where his mind's at. So I'm going to stay away from him for that reason and for others. Um, but just looking at the further down, I mean, Oosthuizen again, I think is a really good, interesting play. He always seems to be up there in majors. If you look at his major resume, he always has that very high finish. I believe the last like six majors have been a top ten for him. So I think you'd you'd have a a good option picking him if you were to go about that. Um, and I don't think that at nine three he's priced too high. I think he's probably a good value pick for fitting in some other people if you needed to. Um, but those are the yeah, guys I, in this group that I I like a lot. I. I definitely like Louie coming off back-to-back seconds and majors, you know, with a T18 and Memorial, 8th and Valspar in between them. Um, it just He's playing great golf. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like that. I don't want to say the putter has been carrying Louie, but his all-around game has been, you know, just very solid. Kind of a little unfortunate with the driver, something that you'd expect him to be very consistent with, just with how just you know pure that swing is. Um, but I mean Bryson, yeah, I, I'm staying away from him. I, I might just make a lineup of just guys I don't like this week, like Rory and Bryson, and just guys who I think just aren't gonna aren't gonna do well. Maybe super volatile lineup. Um, Spieth, I think, does have a chance. He's someone who has won the Open before. And I, I just, I think, I would just rather play Louis. Like Louis is just a dog lately in, in these tournaments. That <laughs> like I just feel like no matter what, he's gonna be there. Where Jordan, the driver has been much better. We've seen it improve. Um, but he can still just, you know, lose it halfway through a tournament, it seems like. And, you know, we're heavily relying on him saving himself uh, around the greens, you know, kind of pulling off these miracle approach shots. But at the same time, a short and speed, like we've seen him do it a hundred times. JT having a great week this week at the Scottish Open. I will probably look into owning some of him. Morikawa, I'm kind of unsure about right now. Him, Hovland, Hatton. You know, I I think Hatton could be a good play. Uh, you know, as long as he keeps his head on, um, doesn't doesn't blow the top off like it 
he was partially doing earlier this morning in the Scottish Open. Um, but, you know, kind of the young hitters, Morikow and Hovland. Down in the lower nine range, I don't think is a bad play. But when Louis at 9-3, just 100 and 200 more than them, I would just rather play Louis right now. Yeah, I, I think Hovland has a chance, though. I mean, he's... He's been playing some good golf, and I know at the, the U.S. Open he, he had has, that incident yeah. with the sand. So um, he might be uh, he might be trying to go out there for for some blood to to get back what he feels like might be lost for the Open. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I, I, the the value plays at, in the nine K range I think are really where it's at. And I did like the multiple puns that you had on Tyrell Hatton with his hat on and his lid off. So um, that's good. I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I should say I'm not like saying Hovland or Cow are bad plays, mm-hmm. um, you know, because Hovland is coming off a win at the BMW just a couple weeks ago, so he is playing great golf. Uh, but I just don't see how I'm not playing Louie with how Louie has performed lately. His ownership is probably going to be high and through the roof, but I just don't care. it is what it is yeah we'll move on to the 8k range Uh, it's kind of crazy when you look at this and say you know this is kind of our third tier guys here but i mean starting at 8-9 we have patrick cantlay whole list of guys here i'm not going to run through them all but and then at the bottom though we have rose and fleetwood at 8,000. about 10 guys in between what are your thoughts in here, Sean? You know, it's kind of interesting that I, I honestly didn't really pay too much attention to who these, where these guys were, or what the price range was in this range. But I was looking at some betting odds earlier, and I did see Tommy Fleetwood was up in like, I think he's up in the top like ten for betting odds. I think he's like twenty eight to one when I saw it. Um, so it's very interesting to see that he's down at the eight K range, seeing that there's seems like there's a lot of bets put on him. So. I'm not saying that I'm a Tommy Fleetwood fan, but I just thought it was interesting that uh, that he's down at this range. So if you value that, uh, maybe he could be a good value pick at, at 8,000 to fill in some of the rest of the stuff. But I think st- like just looking at some of the, the guys at the bottom there too with Fleetwood, you have, like you said, you have Rose and Scott. I think both of those guys are obviously good plays. They have the veteran mentality of, of knowing how to play the golf course and knowing how to manage things. Fortunately, for for some of those tournaments, you see them fall off towards the end. I don't know if that's kind of the, the age of sorts or if it's just the other guys just coming through and, and playing better golf. Um, but, I, you know, it's it's really hard to to go against those two guys, in my opinion, uh, that those two being Scott and Rose. Um, but really, I think, you know, yeah, I, I kind of like the uh, Zalatoris play here at 8-5. I think I haven't really mentioned his name or said something about him in a while, and I th- and it'll be interesting to see where he kind of comes through at the, at the major. I, you know, seeing the Masters and how he played there, I just think it's good for golf to have these young guys come through and continuously putting their names up there. Um, so it'll be good to kind of root or or uh, have him on the on the vote for list, if you will. Um, but what about Ma- what about Hideki? I mean, is he is he going to be able to play in it because of the is the co- protocol done this week for him? Uh, I think he needs two um, negative tests before he can travel, depending kind of 
you know, on his symptoms and everything. So I don't know. Um, I'm not entirely sure of the UK's travel policies with players coming in and out. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think he's tentatively in the field. Uh, hopefully Hideki does play. You know, get the, the Masters champion in there. But I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really been focused too much on, you know, Hideki and, you know, what his kind of health is, probably as much as I should. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he is able to play. Guy right below that, though, I think is who the winner is going to be this week. Paul Casey at 8-6. Englishman. Um, yeah, it only makes sense. The PGA Championship, we had Phil Mickelson win. At the U.S. Open, we had John Rahm win. At the Open, another Arizona State guy, Paul Casey wins. So <laughs> Arizona State streak stays hot. Um, in DraftKings, finally bumped up his pricing like we've been asking for the last three major tournaments where he's just been disrespected and in like 7,500 to 7,900 range. Finally, put some respect on Paul Casey's name, bumps him up to 8 6. Um, I still think he's a good play here. He's been playing really well lately. Um, his iron game has been unbelievable, which I think is going to be huge. He's good off the tee. I don't know. It's hard for me not to say Tony Fino, another guy who, I don't know, always is there in the majors. Not so much this year, but he, he finished third last time we had the Open, you know, to Shane Lowry. But Tommy Fleetwood, like you were talking about him, he was the guy that finished ahead of Fino. He finished second. Um, I've been on Scotty Scheffler a lot lately. Seeing him at 8-2, I think he could be a very good play. His all-around game has been really good lately. Scott and Rose, I have questions on. I don't know. I I feel like that they're okay plays. I would rather play just kind of the next couple guys below them in pricing, I feel more confident about their games than I do Scott and Rose. Um, but I think this kind of the top of this 8K range, though, with Kaitley Reed and Matsuyama, I'm probably going to avoid. If it gets super windy, if it becomes super difficult, you know, around the green game is going to end up coming into play for a lot of guys just because it ends up just tough to hit greens. You know, Patrick Reed's always going to be there. Kind of same with the Jordan Spieth, right? The guys that can get up and down have great short games. It'll help them out, help them get into play a bit more. But, yeah, I've kind of convinced myself a little bit Paul Casey's winning this, so I don't know. Well, I don't think I don't think Paul Casey's a bad bet. I, I went after him at the U.S. Open. And, uh, he, had a, he had a great finish there, too. Yeah, so I think he's kind of like the, you know, he's, I don't want to say he's like the old guys of Scott and Rose, but he's kind of like the same type of play of, of 
you know, the consistency of those guys. There's really not a bad argument for them. So, you know, hopefully Paul Casey does pull through for you. I, I'll uh, I'll put a put a tally out there for you. So hopefully he does. <laughs> I like it. For me, we just got to get a prop bet that someone from Arizona State wins. Actually, that probably wouldn't be great odds because that includes John Rohn. Who's a betting favorite right now? <laughs> yeah. Better I mean, I don't know. Can we get a combo on Rom or Casey to win? Anyways. Oh, yeah. Wait, go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. No, no, no. We can move down to the 8K or the right. 7K range. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of names in the 7K range here. Uh, so let's kind of look at 7.9 to 7.5, and then we'll go 7.4 to 7,000. Break it up a little bit. All right. So within the 7.9 to 7.5 range, we do have the reigning Open champion. The Can we call it back-to-back years? Reigning Open champion in 2019 and 2020. Even though we only won it once, it'll be our first time in two years. Shane Lowry. <laughs> We got, uh, we got Phil Mickelson in here in the 7-5 range, PGA champion. Got a lot of champions here. Jason Day, Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, another interesting name. Phil can do it. You know, Lee can do it. Um, what are your thoughts in here, Sean? I think there are a lot of plays, and you're obviously going to find some guys in your lineup that you need to put in here. I think... Uh, the uh, two Australians, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, I think are interesting plays. They were playing pretty earlier in the year. I don't know how they're going to play on courses like this, um, but I think they they might be just front runners for, for me when I'm looking in this range. Obviously, Joaquin Neiman's in here, so I'll let you talk about him later. Um, same thing with Matthew Fitzpatrick, but I think both of those guys are, are uh, easily... Uh, attainable of the spot in my lineup if you will um but i i think i might stick to some of the for me i might stick to some of the experience play in this range just because i might be taking some flyers in some other areas just to try to make things happen and i think like you mentioned phil mickelson lee westwood or sergio garcia all being at seven five or seven six with garcia being a hundred dollars more than the other two i think those are great plays if you need to fit something in or make it work I don't know if Phil necessarily wins the Open Championship, but shame on me for saying that because he won the PGA. <laughs> and he'll tell you that he won the PGA and that his calves are looking great and he feels great. Uh, Lee Westwood, you know, he had that streak around the players where he came second, second, and you, you had seen that great golf play. It'd be interesting to see if maybe back home he can get a little little bit of that into him and, and, and get something rolling and you find the value play in it. Or Sergio, I think and when you were going through the leaderboard, uh, back in 2011, I believe his name was up there on there as well. So um, I think it's going to be those three are like the kind of my safer plays, if you will. Um, but I, I think answer is also somebody, again, is at the 7-6 range, so I'm sticking kind of low, um, that has shown his kind of like a Hovland, where his consistency in events has been very good, where he's been able to make a lot of cuts, make a lot of top 10s, and, and kind of outshow his field that's, near him in the 7k range no one else really has those types of stats in terms of made cuts and top 10 so you can never really count him out i think it'll be the only disadvantage he has is maybe some of his distance but i think his iron play will definitely make up for any of the uh, 
any of the lack that he might have in his driver distance. So I'm going to stick towards the lower range of the top tier of this of this one. <laughs> um, but I know you have a few others that you'd like to mention. Yeah, Shane Lowry, solid season this year, reigning champion. Don't think he's a bad play at seven nine. Like I said, so, some of these guys I like better than Scott and Rhodes. One of them is Shane Lowry, Matt Fitzpatrick, another guy. I want to say kind of similar with him, Smith and Answer. You can almost group them all together. You can't quite, but you know, similar games. Not none of them are super long off the tee. Great iron play, good kind of around the green game putting. Um, which I think, you know, could definitely play this week. Because I do think a lot of guys aren't going to be taking drivers off all the tees and just bombing away. I think there will be plenty of holes where you're forced to, you know, hit a three-wood, hit a driving iron, um, just to make sure you're keeping it in the fairway. It's kind of just a guess, um, which might bring some guys back to them a little bit. But, yeah, well, I'll talk about Joaquin, though. He I, – I don't I don't know what's going on, all right? <laughs> he, he, he has such a great tournament at the Rocket Mortgage. Goes bogey-free all 72 holes. Gets to the playoff. Bogey's the first playoff hole. And he does it with his around the green – well, not the bogey, but all week he does it with his around the green game. And for the first time in almost the entire season at the Travelers, the weapon that's been so good for him, his driver and off the tee game, he loses strokes at the Travelers, but then he just he's just finding it around the greens. Uh, I think he puts it all together this week though and has a great finish. You know, as long as he can get that that around the green game to to stick, he doesn't lose it. I think he'll be a really good play. I think the the bat off the tee week at the Travelers is kind of an anomaly just based off of what we've seen throughout Heeman's short career here. We, we've always kind of seen, you know, just him being a great driver of the ball. But, you know, if the short game's there, I think he's an excellent play at 7-7. He's kind of in that Paul Casey range where I think he's not getting a little, enough respect based off of what we've seen in his game the last two weeks. But um, when you look at the names around here, it's kind of tough to say that, though, because you have a lot of guys, you know, similar kind of qualities as him. But, yeah, Phil down here at 7-5, I think it's kind of one of the higher price numbers we've seen him in a major. But, you know, coming off the – I shouldn't say coming off the win, but with the win in the PGA Championship, I think there's a little bit different ring Phil's name. Um, seeing as, you know, 50-year-old can win it, I think, you know, you have to consider Jason Day, Sergio Garcia, um, Matthew Wolf. interesting. Um, I'm assuming that he is going to play. I haven't heard otherwise. I don't know if it becomes a tournament where it's just bomb and gouge, you know, sometimes it just opens up like that. The weather just plays where you can do that. He's someone to consider. I, I doubt the weather's going to be perfect all four days where that's in play. And if it is, he's someone to consider, though. 
No. We'll go on to this pretty big range. There's a lot of guys when you're looking at the seven four to seven thousand range, Sean. Any uh we won't go through every single guy here, but anyone sticking out to you? Henrik Stenson. No, I'm just Henrik kidding. Stenson. I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna go down that road again. Uh <laughs> No, I, I think there's a there's a few guys in here that have been really making a name for themselves on both the PGA and the European Tour, and I think that might come in to help them, uh, just based off of how some of the courses have been playing. Obviously, the Open is not going to be like any of the European courses, but just having some of the similarities of the Rolling Hills and how it works might help them. Um, Garrick Higo is on the, on that list. He's at seven, four. Um, I think he's, he, you know, he just recently came off the PGA win. Obviously the field wasn't that, that great when he won it, but still the PGA still win. win. I, yeah. It's still yeah. A win. Still so, competing. yeah. So, and, and he, he's been, I've, I feel like since then, uh, he's been pretty high up on the leaderboards when he's been playing. So I think for me, he's, he's going to be somebody that's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, I'd love to see Ricky Fowler do something that's just because it's Ricky Fowler and go Ricky, but I really don't know if he's, you know, his golf has kind of been falling in the wrong direction. Um, you also have a Ian Poulter, who I think will be an interesting pick. He is, you know, plaid pant Poulter, the three P's. I think he, uh, I think he may, might make a run for some things. He, he at the U S open, I believe he, he didn't finish terrible. I believe he was top 20 in that in there. He finished in the last couple groupings. So um, not too bad for Poulter and being back in, in, in England. It might make him, a, again, might make him feel good. But um, I think Migliozzi uh, is somebody who's, who's interesting at this range. And also Connors, um, just to kind of go through that list of, of guys that, that might, might make a name for themselves this weekend. Um, I just think that they all have all have decent play. Migliozzi and Higo, like I said, they they have the European kind of vibe to them, where they they're able to to win on on those courses already. And the other guys just have solid iron play that will kind of help them if they ever get into any sort of issue. But it's a big field, so I'm not surprised to see a lot of these guys down listed solo. Yeah, I, for me, some guys I'm liking. Christian Bezadenhout, and I think that the great around the green game kind of could be an advantage here when it gets super windy and guys are struggling to find the greens. Um, him having that ability will help him out. Uh, Robert McIntyre, Bobby Mack, I, I mean, he's playing well in the Scottish Open. It's kind of his not necessarily home tournament, but it is. A little bit there. He, I mean, finished T6 last time in the in the Open. Bombs the ball. Fearless with the driver. Confident in the driver. Yeah, I think he'll be having just kind of a lot of wedges in. And I'm more confident with him, you know, that I guess in both Bryson and Matt Wolf that even if it's not just a bomb and gouge day, I think he's good enough. He has enough control of the driver where he is going to keep it in these fairways, hit it in the right spots. Um, I think he's just a little bit more accurate. I, I mean, statistically, I could be wrong, but it's just kind of what, from what I see from how I feel. Uh, Ricky tied with Bobby Mack T6 last 
uh, time we played the Open. He also, I think, what did I say? He finished T5 uh, last time we played here. Maybe the, the Open is his venue. It's been a while since we've played an Open. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm still not quite on Ricky, though. Um, yeah, Poulter, those have to have the rider. Ryder Cup narrative with Poulter every time he makes a long putt. I think that's, that's a Ryder Cup year. Gotta consider Poulter for the Ryder Cup. Um, yeah, Guido, Max Homa, Brian Harmon, Corey Connors, I think are all guys I will consider playing in my lineups. Corey Connors, after having that, you know, that fantastic run of form there uh, back in March, April, May. Kind of falling off a little bit, right? The absolute weapon of the irons that he had have kind of fallen off. And if he isn't just dialed in with the irons, I don't think Connors is going to be a good play at all. It's kind of why he's at 7-1, though. It's just that the irons have been off. But, you know, if he has those fixed, he has those dialed in, could be a very good play. Um, I'll probably have some of him, though, for sure, with him just sitting at that 7-1 number. I think, you know, just the the risk-reward is greater than some of these other guys because he's for sure could easily get a top 10 if he's if he's striking the ball well, um, yeah, Stenson at seven thousand. I think I'm going to avoid. I thought he might be a good play at the other majors earlier this year, not the Masters, but the PGA Championship in the U.S. Open. He wasn't. I after scolding you and Nate about playing Henrik Stenson. I needed someone to scold me after saying, you know, he could be a good play. <laughs> Just stay away from Stenson, guys. Stay away from him. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Oh, they will call you and yell at you if you do. <laughs> yeah, let's move down to the 6K rooms. There's a load of guys in here. A... Not necessarily some big names, but definitely some names everyone's heard of. A lot of names guys haven't heard of. A lot of European guys. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, there is a lot of, there's so many guys that I think going down this low gives you a little bit of a chance to find a dart in the in the rough. However, it's going to be tough. I mean, I think some of these European tour guys might have a little bit of an advantage. Um, kind of just sorting through all of them. There's so many. Uh, Jason Scrivener, playing pretty solid this week, has been playing really well on the European tour. He's at six three. Kind of just looking. He might be. <clears throat> he might be the lowest that I go in this. I'd prefer not to go that low, but. He's probably where my price range stops. And I think he's really kind of the only guy in that 6-3 range that I like. Jimmy Walker at 6-4. I mean, 
Jimmy's kind of been improving his game a little bit, playing some decent golf lately, making cuts. Um, I consider him at a 6-4. I mean, there's just a lot of guys where I don't think the skill level is that much different than anyone else. You, know, you just got to hit the right dart throw in here. Keegan Bradley at 6-8 could be interesting. Kevin Kisner, 6'9". Um, I have a little bit of interest there. Also, we got Stuart Sink. He's won two times on tour. Uh, Charlie Hoffman, a 6'7", could be another one. What about you, Sean? Anyone in throughout here is just kind of somebody you might look into a bit more on. Might be a dark throw that you're taking. Um, I think Kevin Kisner, Kevin Na. Um, both at the six nine range. I, I I just like to see when Kevin Na's doing well, walking in some putts early and having some fun with it. I, I, he, I will say watching him yesterday was quite enjoyable. He can be a pretty animated guy. However, he is not playing in the open. Well, I saw yesterday that uh, he was going to withdraw. Well, they should take him off the list so that. And I don't talk about him and look like a dummy. <laughs> stay away from Henrik Stenson and stay away from Kevin Na when he's not playing in the open. Um, <laughs> well, Kevin Kisner, uh, someone I already mentioned there too, but I think he, you know, I, I think just with some of the, you know, the it ain't no hobby boys, um, you know, I, I, it's a big tournament. It'd be interesting to see if he comes up and does anything. Kevin Streelman also has his name posted up in some of the tournaments earlier this year. Uh, Keegan Bradley, I think you know he's somebody that we've mentioned before, um, and he, he's he's got a good resume to him. I just don't know how well he'll be playing here with the rest of the field. Um, kind of surprising to me, but also not is Mackenzie Hughes at six seven at the U.S. Open. He was in the final pairing. Yeah, he was in the final, he was in the final he, pairing with but he absolutely crapped the bed. Uh, he in a very um, in the match play, the WGC match play, it's a little bit kind of different performed really well there and very I guess very tough field however I do want to add that I'll let you continue right he's an excellent putter great around the greens I I think he could be a decent play um but we did see him play excellent at the open um if it gets the weather gets nasty greens get super tough could be a solid play could be a great dart throw but continue. yeah um, I think that's really most of the people that I've, you know, I, I'm to be honest with you, unless I can, I, unless I really need somebody down at the low end, I'm probably not going to scroll past much of six, seven, six, six range in my lineups. Um, now that's me saying that without even having a, a lineup made. Um, but I, I mean, I think as you get down, unless you want to pick like an Ernie Els at six, three. Uh, and hope for the best or, you know, like you mentioned, some other guys that are at that lower end. Um, I think the talent here is just so good at the top end that you're really, really, really going to need a flyer at the bottom to feel good about yourself. John Daly's at six, you know, not a bad option if they let him take the card out. Um, <laughs> save, save that knee there, John. Uh, but I think, uh, I think, like you said, there's... There's a ton of guys above them that I'm going to be looking into and trying to fill in. I don't think that anybody is a bad play. They're all professional golfers and would kick my butt on the golf course. Um, but I just don't think I'll pick a bunch of these guys in my lineup. 
Yeah, I, like I said, the lowest I can see myself ever going is 6'3 with Jason Scribner. I am Carlos Ortiz. I just saw Carlos Ortiz at 6'4. He's had some good uh, good tournaments this year. I think he well, got last, in as an alternate. Last time I did something like that where I looked at the bottom and said, oh, look, this guy's done something. I got screwed over, so don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should do a little bit more research on them to see what their actual stats are and run a form is properly. I've started just being like, oh, yeah, I remember he won a Houston Open last year. Yeah, well, or that we've, we've mentioned him on the podcast multiple times. is our, <laughs> our winning record, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a very good test of golf this week. It will be very fun. It always seems like, you know, the cream of the crop comes out typically, you know, by the end of four days in major tournaments. Um, but if you were to kind of, I don't know, without any odds or anything, if you were to just pick a winner that you had to bet on, who would it be this week right now, Sean? Um, if I had to put money on it to say that I was going to, I would probably put money on Rom. to be quite honest with you. Um, I think that's the easy answer seeing that he's the top choice. I think if you were to say like, you know, just to answer your question, Rom, but I do think that, um, Justin Thomas is also somebody that I'm really going to be interested in this week, just based off of how he's been playing currently at the Scottish open. Um, I think he, he's kind of shines in some of those big lights. So I think, John or Justin are, are two of the better guys, in my opinion. Um, but I assume that you're going to pick John in that question and revert it back to you, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would pick John Rahm right now. I mean, the, the game is too good. And, you know, he talked about having kind of a new mental state of goal, talking about how he's still going to get mad. He's still going to be kind of blown up a little bit, but it's not going to be so outwardly. And, He's learning to kind of control himself on the golf course, know a little bit of his his limits and pushing it, like what he can kind of, how he mentally can push himself, motivate himself. And, and ever since he's kind of made those changes, like we've said, really kind of starting at the Memorial when, the, when all of that mental game, mental aspect came into effect. It's, it's been the best golfer in the world. So uh, it's tough not to pick John Rahm right now. I mean, if I were to go with one other guy, either Louie or Paul Casey, like I said, I'm I'm big on those three guys this week. So stick to the guns, stick with what I'm feeling, what I'm liking right now. We'll see as the week carries on, as things change, as I dig in a deep bit more. into everyone but yeah any any other final closing remarks from you sean no i i just hope that this uh this major is like the last one in terms of the leaderboard that we were able to get and it, you, i think i don't think we necessarily want to look for you know someone like a dustin johnson at the, at the masters or some of the tournaments that he won last year of going out and winning by a dominating performance, although it is nice to see those things. I think for, for majors, it's so much more of a compelling watch for us to have, you know, 
those the, these top guys that are in the tops of the DraftKings to be on the leaderboard, like we saw at the U.S. Open, everybody within a contention, you know, every group in the last 10 people matter. Um, so I, I hope that we kind of have the same types of scenarios where, you know, we, we see the good golf throughout the weekend and, and on Sunday we get to see kind of a show where, you know, it, it means so much more when, when those shots are going in and out and then you see blow-ups like Bryson's. Hopefully he doesn't blow up again because that wouldn't be necessarily nice. Um, but I, you, it just, I just hope for good golf that, that gives us that entertainment because that's, I mean, you, you couldn't hate the U.S. Open. I know you loved it because John Rahm won and I loved it because I was there for it. But you can't hate watching that type of golf on a Sunday when something like this matters. So that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. If my lineups do well and I make money, that's even better. Um, but it's major golf at a course that we haven't seen in over 10 years now. So um, I'm just very excited about it and hope that uh, <laughs> hope I do pick some winners on some things. But I, I also uh, I'm also curious to see some of the prop bets that they come out with. You know how many bunkers they hit throughout the whole <laughs> tournament, or uh, how many bir- birdies or bogeys at certain holes. I think I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of different things that are happening at, at these types of at this major then you don't see it other ones just based off of the course and and the types of elements you see so i guess you started off very excited i'm gonna end it very excited <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect bookends to yeah. the podcast here <laughs> well guys that's been lenny and sean out of their uh your open preview our breakfast ball episode where we're kind of hopefully give you a little bit of an insight into just the entire field um but yeah i mean hopefully we have some good finishes to the week this week uh you know the scottish open going on now looking like it's going to be a good tournament um john deere as well uh, oh dear make sure you follow us you know on all our social media like i say every time out of the rough wk and hopefully, you know, we have good weeks this week and excellent open tournament coming up. Take care.